Um, this morning, Tracy was asking me, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, getting dirt. And she's like, why are you getting dirt? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, we stopped at uh, Philo this morning. And she's like, what are we doing here? I was like, nothing. <laughs> and uh, I went inside and I'm looking at something I needed for the illustration. And then all of a sudden she runs up behind me and she hugs me. I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> and then we went and got some treats for everyone. So if you haven't been downstairs, there are some little pastries, I guess. Strudels. I don't know. They look good. I was like, I want some of that. <laughs> so uh, today's message I have is focus. It's not about you. And it's a two-parter. So this week we're going to do it's not about you. And then next week we'll do it's not about me. So if you would help me out, everyone just say it's not about you. One more time. Now, doesn't it feel good to say that? Um, <clears throat> okay, so the central scripture that I have for today is First Kings eighteen twenty through twenty two. Um, so Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, "How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him; but if Baal is God, follow Him." But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am only one of the I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has four hundred and fifty prophets. Uh, think about how easy it would have been for Elijah to fall in with the rest of the crowd and the followers that were following Baal. Um, I'm sure that everyone else was probably like, Oh, he's a little bit nuts off his rocker. I mean he's doing something totally different to what everyone else is doing. Um, the popular p- opinion of the people that surrounded him was to follow Baal. Rather than being concerned with following others, Elijah chose to follow God regardless of what the masses surrounding him were doing. Not always good to drink coffee before talking. Uh, we all come to a point in time where... We decide, or we have to decide, are we going to follow what those around us are doing, or whether we're going to try and forge our own path and follow God? Um, so, it's not about you, and it's not about me either. It's strictly about following God and allowing ourselves to follow the example that He sets for us in the Bible. Uh, When taking that example and applying it to our daily lives with no regard as to what others may or may not say about us, we need to be confident in our actions and be able to say that I'm letting God lead me so anytime someone decides to voice their opinion about what we're doing, our simple response should be, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. Um, As parents... What would it look like if we allowed a child's opinion to alter the way we parent? So, a child is like, Dad, I don't want to eat anything in the food pyramid anymore. All I want is sugar, candy, sweets from now on. The parent's like, yep, okay, anytime you want it. 
then with that one choice, the child will grow up, malnutrition, eating nothing but candy, otherwise he ends up like Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf. Uh, and if any of you are okay with that, can I go over to your house for Christmas and jump off of the couch onto the Christmas tree and hug it? Uh, so what do parents do? They make the tough decisions of saying you have to eat your vegetables because they know that's what's needed for a child. Um, so, no, we can't jump off the couch and hug the Christmas tree like what Will Ferrell did, even though that looks like a blast. Um, you end up telling the child, no, you can break the bulbs, you can hurt yourself. Uh, the concern of what the child thinks of that parent being mean or not fun just doesn't even register. So why is it that whenever we go through our lives, we're always so concerned about, oh, what do they think of me? Or what did they say? Who cares? In Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20, we see how Jesus responds to opinions of others. The disciples are just now returning from their mission trips to tell the people in the area about Jesus and to spread the gospel. Um, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not ever come. I guess I do need the rest of this. <laughs> uh, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, or of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So we all receive various opinions and criticisms from others rather than focusing on the opinions of those that surround us. Um, we need to focus on what Christ would want us to do. One of the big things that sticks out in these verses is how Jesus first asks what others think of him and then what the disciples think of him. Jesus puts more weight into what the disciples think of him rather than the rest of the people. The reason for this is that Jesus knows he's unable to have a private relationship within a public setting. He looks to his private circle to see what they think of him rather than putting any weight into what everyone else says. The reason for this is because he knows that the people in a public setting aren't going to be able to have a complete understanding of who he is and a complete picture. They just get a little small glimpse from the interactions he has with them, and there's nothing more. There's no real substance to it. So there are always going to be people that are going to criticize you just because they have this little tiny blip to be able to say, okay, well, this person falls into this category because this is what I know of them. When in actuality, a lot of times, it's sort of like, oh, there's this little minor glitch in this person, but then there's this whole beautiful thing over here that 
you completely miss out because it's like, well, there is that little tiny portion that is like, I'm writing them off. Forget about them. Uh, so we need to stop worrying about what others think of us rather than worrying about what others think of you. It's better to focus on who you are here to please. If we stop to think for a minute, is there anyone that you can say doesn't have an opinion of you or something you've done? If so, please raise your hand so I can like be your best bud forever. No one. So in Proverbs 18, verse 2, it says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. I can't tell you how many times I've been criticized for doing something or not doing something. Um, I've been criticized for my mannerisms, kind of like talking with my hands a little too much. Um, there are things that I've said and done that people have completely taken out of context just because they don't know me, they know this little portion of me that they think I am. Um, I've even been criticized for things that I can't change, like my genetic makeup or me going bald. Um, how foolish would it be of me to believe a fool's opinion of me? I mean, it says right there, a fool. So, it's, to me, it's like, whatever, who cares? Um, if I was focus on what others thought of me outside of God, I'd be worthless. Completely, totally worthless. Because my worth, then, is put into what others think of me. So rather than think about what others think of me, I focus in on what God thinks and what someone else thinks. Not about them. Uh, in Matthew 6.24, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I would love to change the second half of the scripture to say you cannot serve both God and others' opinions of you because it's not about them. Uh, now, there are times when we should take others' opinions into account. Uh, that's when someone is confronting you on your sins. In that instance, someone else's opinion does matter, and we have to change our focus from, it's not about you, it's not about me. It's about God, and sometimes we have to take and swallow a hard pill and be like, okay, yes, I'm in the wrong in this. Now, if you're in a situation where you feel that you must confront another person... Don't do it on social media. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen long blurbs of posts just calling someone out, and it's like, oh, snap. It's like, if they said that about me, <laughs> we'd have some problems. <laughs> um, so you don't need an unlimited data plan in order to confront someone of their sins. You do it in private with that person. Um, if you don't feel comfortable confronting them, then you take an elder from the church. Take someone that you're comfortable with that maybe doesn't know the situation. Um, and if you need scripture to back this up, it just so happens we have one. <laughs> uh, in Matthew 18, we are quoting Jesus now. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. 
Just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. I like how it says, just between the two of you, in private, face to face. Uh, But if they still do not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. That's a little nerve-wracking. First, I don't want to listen to you. I like doing the bad stuff. (laughs) And then you bring two people, two other people along, and you're like, hey, you need to stop doing this. It's like, you're wrong. You're out of line. And then what am I going to do? Be like, I don't know. This still seems fun. I kind of like it. But then... If I was still to refuse to listen, it says to tell it to the church. And then if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Thank you. Um. Um, I am a very, very private person. So, whenever we get into verse 17, and it says, bring it to the church, you better believe at 16, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm done. Like, I have my fun in 15, but 16, I'll stop there, because once it goes into the church, mm, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But even if I took it to that point, and it's like, okay, well, I still don't want to listen. What happens? I'm not supposed to be here anymore. Because I am a bad influence on everyone else. So, please don't post anything bad I do on Facebook. Come see me. I do listen sometimes. That's Tracy, I'm a little stubborn. Just a little. <laughs> okay, um, but with verse 17, that brings me to my last point, which is boundaries. I love boundaries. I can't tell you how much. <laughs> um, boundaries are something that people are afraid to put in place sometimes. Um, but not doing so can cause us a lot of damage. We can feel drained or empty just because we don't have the necessary boundaries in place to protect us from other people. So, who here likes the movie Shrek? Quite a few hands here. Cool. I especially like the scene where Shrek is trying to describe what an ogre's like. Anyone like that scene? It's probably like one of my favorite scenes out of the whole movie. Um... He says how they're like onions, and onions have layer, layers, and then using the previous scriptures we've covered and Shrek's definition of what ogres are like, we can start to get an idea of what boundaries in our relationships should look like. So, this might get a little messy. Here I have an onion. I won't hurt myself. Father, forgive me, for I have lied and sinned, because I have hurt myself. 
doing stuff like this, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Notice on the onion, like if we take and think of this in a worldly view, we have the world, we have all the little opinions and thoughts of everyone right on the outside of the onion, all dirty and filthy. That's the boundary. But once you go inside that boundary, have a nice smaller little portion with less people affecting what the person is because they have a shell around them to protect all the worldly people that are going to make various opinions of them. We'll consider this layer work. So you have your people at work that you may not get along with. They have their opinions of you. Not very flattering sometimes. But then you break off that layer. I can feel it tickling a little bit now. This was a good one. have a cleaner boundary. I think my fingers are making this a little dirty. So excuse my fingers on this illustration. <laughs> but we have another boundary where there are fewer people getting in. And ultimately, as we go deeper and deeper into our boundaries and our layers, eventually there is going to be nothing in the core except for one thing which is God and once I'm speeding this up a little bit and it's not so good has anyone ever eaten an onion, kind of like what they did on a lethal weapon? You know, just take a bite of an onion? No? I guess I'm the only stupid one. <laughs> Garlic! Ooh! Garlic's a little rough. There's one little hole right there that I'm not able to get out at the moment. But once you're at this hole, the core, where God is, that is where you can be yourself the most. And as you get married, you become one. And then your core is you, God, 
and your spouse. And that is where you're the most intimate, where you can let your boundaries down and cry during a movie if you have to, because I've never done that ever. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh. Can you come up here and type my password in? Yeah. Yeah. You will. My computer locked me out. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just type that in. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I really only had one more paragraph. <laughs> um, so as you venture out today, remember that it's not about other people's opinions of you that matter. It's what God thinks that counts. Uh, when confronted with a criticism and you're in line with who God says you are, it's okay to say it's not about you. It's about Jesus, and what you have to say makes absolutely no difference to me because I'm on the path of following Jesus. And that's what's most important in our lives. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so let us bow our heads and pray. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for everything you've done for us. Um, Please help us to consistently focus in on you and not take to heart what others may say and learn how to love each other in, with boundaries in place so that we're not feeling empty or hurt by other people's opinions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.